think uh, we play amazing today. Amazing. We uh, we we didn't allow this team that is an attacking team oriented to do anything in attack. You know, and these are uh, credit to the players. You know, when when uh, on Friday in the morning at eight thirty. I sat with uh, some of the players uh, and said, hey guys, uh, this, is, uh, this is the plan that if we do this, we'll minim minimize uh, Austin attack. Then, uh, but it, it, you need uh, one of the players have to sacrifice in order that this uh, work. And Leggett stepped up and said, I'm doing it. I'll do it. And then you saw how he, work today, how he uh, battled today, and how he helped the team defensively uh, to do the defensive shit that we wanted to do. And then this is what leaders do, you know? And uh, this is why to have players like him are really important for the team. And uh, in the attack, I think uh, we should have scored two or three goals. And uh, it was clear chances that we had. Uh, we had three shots on target, 13 shots total, and uh, 18 crosses. Then it's not about for the quantity. It's not more for the quality of the of the finishing. And uh, you know we're coming from a difficult result against Nashville, and uh, that were this we were disappointed about our performance and result. And the way that we responded today, it, it was it was uh, uh, amazing. And uh, I think uh, uh, these these players uh, deserve a lot of credit. Uh, and uh, we are in the way to build what, what we want this year. And it takes sometimes like takes longer uh, and it's never easy. And you have up and downs in the season. The, the good thing is that we have a strong mentality and, and can respond until, until, you know, any adversity that we have in front of us. Well, we are live. Welcome everyone to the Afterburn Soccer Show. We're so glad that uh, you're streaming along with us. And of course, We'll have our audio up later on the website uh, or wherever you find podcasts. But, of course, I'm Nathan. You can follow me at Nathan J. Hill on Twitter. There in the middle is our buddy Jose Carmona. You can follow him at El Chico Carmona. Hello. <laughs> and, and at the end is Ishmael Belcora at Belcora Ishma. You can follow him there on Twitter. And fresh office finals week. So relaxing, a little, little de-stress. So we're glad to have Ishmael back on with us. Yeah, yeah, well, hey, hey, we have some good stuff to talk about. FC Dallas beats Austin FC one nothing in Q2 Stadium in their own house. Um, you know, Austin has not been good this year, but you don't, you know, you never take for granted a game in in, in a rival's house, and they are a rival. It, it's it's not the, maybe the same as Houston, but it's a rival. Uh, and it was delicious. It was a delicious evening of soccer and a, a great, strong performance from FC Dallas coming off from, after that, that miserable Open Cup performance in Nashville. So let's just do reactions first. Uh, you know, how did that win feel, guys? How, you know, what were some of your takeaways from it? Ishmael, we'll start with you. Well, I mean, it's always great to go to Austin and get three points. Um, I think the team... Uh, has been under some scrutiny lately, mainly because of how inconsistent they've been, and rightly so. And I think that this is the kind of game that defines whether or not players like have like this is transitional points. So like this is a game where I see Hader Obreon 
perform really well and be like, this might be the chance to turn around his lack of luck in, in this team or something like that. And I think that this is one of the first performances in a, in a good while where it felt complete. Like, they didn't feel like anyone really had a bad performance, and it would just felt like a lot of players had excellent performance. Obreon and Paz and Jesus come to mind, and Siki off the bench. And I think that these are the kinds of games that determine whether or not you are just a 5, 6, 7th place playoff team and whether or not you're 4, 3, 2, 1. And I think that Again, after we haven't won since like the like in almost a month, and I think that this is this is the way to like now that we're getting into this part of the season, this is the kind of game to get us back on track and getting into winning ways and keeping consistent, which has been a struggle this year. Mm-hmm. Jose, what about you? Well, I agree with pretty much everything Ismail said, and and I want to take it a step further, and not just saying that that I can't think of a single person that that didn't play well, but I want to say that I can think of two people that probably had their best performances of the year to date. And of course, O'Brien being one of them and, and someone you want to see have that performance in light of uh, Ariola's injury. This is the O'Brien we want to see going forward. So it's a good sign that he, he had his best, best uh, performance of this year. The, the other guy is uh, I believe Ibeaga had, probably his best performance for FC Dallas this season in, in, in a season that has been where he's been very inconsistent um, not to get too excited, but definitely something we want to see more of. I mean, the guy had like 10 clearances. He led the team in, in uh, uh, passing percentage for, for, uh, for the starting 11 and considering he had the most pass attempts. I mean, that's been one of his weaknesses uh, you know, that we've seen is is that he's not really good with the ball at his feet, but he actually even beat two guys on the dribble. So I mean, he just simply had his best performance to date, and and hopefully he can stay at that level. I also want to add that I thought Velasco also had a a really strong return game, uh, and I think Velasco um, playing at that level alleviates some of your issues that you have on 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 the attack. Having, having Velasco there, I think, frees up, you know, Ariola or Obreon to simply be more of a, the chaos creating types, you know, where they can just run wild and use energy and Velasco basically while teams are double teaming him or trying to slow him down. It, it, I think, it, like I said, it opens up the rest of the attack, I believe. So I'm very excited with, with the overall result. It, do, it feels good to do it on the road, not at home and, 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 mm-hmm. and against a, a, a rival. So, yeah, yeah makes makes up for some of those drop points at home you've already had this season. Um, and yeah, no, I I think I agree with both your both of your points and, and Ibiaga especially too because he has been up and down. There's moments where it looks like he's he's just been a uh, you know nice veteran presence certainly, uh, but you almost wondered if you know is he is he the guy to start there. Uh, for a stretch of games, but he's he's proven that he's a really useful piece. He's getting more comfortable, I think, with his teammates and with uh, with kind of what he's expected to do and using his his strengths uh, to his you know to what this team needs. 
So yeah, I think there was a lot of positives in this one. I think in that clip from Nico, that they really you know had a plan to to take care of Austin. Now Austin was missing Drewsy, uh, and definitely would have been a little more challenging of a game with him out there. But still, Austin's going to attack. They're going to go out and try to get something going. So uh, good on FC Dallas to thwart them and, and sort of stymie them and then and take advantage of things. If there was only a frustration for me, it was just that I wish we had put away another goal or two. Had a lot of chances, a lot of opportunities. S- missing just a little bit of that quality at the end. But, um, I mean, and Paul Ariola, you know, had a couple of opportunities that you just like, oh, you wish you had those back. But speaking of which, if, if there was a downside to this game too, we saw uh, Martinez go off early. Sebastian went off with some cramps. And uh, the more, most concerning one is, is Ariola uh, injuring his quad and, and being really tough situation. So let's go ahead and jump over and hear what Nico had about um, the injury updates for this team. Well, uh, we'll have an MRI tomorrow morning and uh, we'll know more about his uh, um, injury. Uh, you know, with this, uh, this uh, the way that the rosters are made, um, uh, we have um, limited uh, senior um, spots, then it's an opportunity to young players. And uh, I always say, like, uh, the opportunity to a uh, 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 young player is not uh, that you have to give the opportunity if it is the the, the player earns that opportunity. And we have uh, players like uh, Bernard, uh, Jose Mulato, like uh, Herb uh, Endeley, um, Ahmed, and, um, and Nolan, that they've been working with us and they are making progress and they are performing well with North Texas. And, and this is helping them to have this opportunity. And uh, they have to be ready because uh, as you know, and as you said, um, the style schedule that we have in front of us, um, it, will make, uh, it will make us to make some decisions that will put them in the starting or will put them on the field during the game, you know? And, and uh, I think they, they're working really good, and this is uh, this is one thing that we are really happy that they are able to work every single day with us this this season. And if they have to step into the field, uh, I think they were gonna be ready. When I realized I picked the wrong clip, there uh, in, in a later clip, uh, Nico in a later segment of that time, Nico says that I believe he said you know that so Paul Ariola will have an MRI tomorrow morning. Um, Jesus Jimenez has an x-ray today, whether he needs surgery, which could mean he misses a significant amount of time, which would be really, really tough, really disappointing, I guess, uh, or whether it just needs another week or so of rest. And then also Sebastian needing a, uh, a, a MRI uh, to, to see what's going on with him. So there could be some really significant injury hits for this team going forward. Jose Martinez is good to go. Of course, Alan Velasco is back, and Tafari is also back. So uh, it's not all bad news for FC Dallas, but that does make this congested schedule really tough for the team. So if uh, let's just start with Paul, since he has been such a, a presence in the roster uh, for, for a while, even when, when especially when Velasco was out. You know, it, it is is Hyder O'Brien? Is he is he shown enough at this point that he's the go-to guy, or? Or is it also an opportunity for guys like Kamungo? And by the way, I thought it was interesting that he mentioned Herbert. Because if there's someone who's been balling out from North Texas from this senior team, it's been Herbert Endeley. Uh, he's been playing really well at a 
right wing, right back. So he could be an, a wild card in this conversation too. Jose, what do you think? Who, who slots in? Who helps lessen the load? Well, I mean, it's it's clearly going to be Obreon and and, and uh, you know, I, I'm kind of excited that he did mention Endele and Mulatto and Kamungo, um, but he hasn't really played them much. You know, it's like he, he he's he's saying. I mean, Kamungo's been getting in some late games, and and I would assume that he's the biggest beneficiary of this uh, playing time that's available. I hope he gets the chance. Uh, to get a start or, or get significant minutes now, more so than he's been getting. Um, but he has to earn Nico's trust. I think that's very important that players get his trust. I, I am surprised that he mentioned NLA, but it also goes to show that, that NLA has had his best matches for North Texas playing on the wing as opposed to right back. And he's dominated a couple of matches already. I mean, he, I don't think he's done it consistently enough that, that, that I would say, oh yeah, give us some minutes in the senior, in the senior with the senior team. I'd like to see him dominate for more than every other match. Like he, he's been doing, like every other match, um, where he's looked dominant. I'd like to see him put together, you know, multiple matches where we can say, oh yeah, absolutely, he's too good to be playing at that level. He's showing flashes that he is too good, but he hasn't done it consistently enough for me to say 100% he's too good for that level. And and and. He may be mentioned because, really, what other options do we have? You know, we're, we're limited. Uh, with with Aguilera getting injured, it weakens our already thin uh, wing. You know, it's great that Obreon seems to be getting back in, into into the groove and 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 back in form. But with with all the congestion and stuff, Jesus, losing uh, Jimenez and and Ariola for long times. I mean, that's only going to hurt this team. Yeah, and I mean, like, whether or not it's Obreon or Kamungo, I feel like it's besides the point because they're both going to play. We got six and a half games in 20... Six and a half games in 25 days. That's a lot, yeah. right? And I think that they're going to... Every single player is going to have to step up. And it's really encouraging to see that... I think this was Obreon's first start, that he performed at this level... This at, in his first start that gives me a little bit of hope going into this tough stretch. Um, again, working under the assumption that like the worst case scenario that it's Ariola, um, Jimenez, uh, and then Legette is out for a little bit. Like under all of those assumptions, uh, you're just gonna have to work with what you got. And I think that Endley performing at the level that he has at uh, North Texas is again good support for the for the players that are going to have to perform. And I think that when you look at Vancouver, like these, these next couple of games, when I talk about this is the crunch time of the season, these next six and a half games, if you look at every single one of them, every single one of them are winnable technically. Like these are teams that are not maybe with the exception of Nashville and San Jose and St. Louis. And all of those, and those three teams are at the same level of Dallas, right? They're like around the same position on the table. And I think that mm -hmm. these are all games that if you come out with poor performances, you're going to get poor results. And this is a time of the season where that may make or break how good FC Dallas does for the rest of the year. And I think that, again, the injuries are really poorly timed, but this is when 
Kamungo needs to show uh, needs to show his best. Oberon needs to show his best. Um, probably if Jimenez is out for a long time, um, Jesus is going to need a break, and Mulatto is going to have to show his best. Velasco is going to have to show what he did in Austin consistently, which hasn't been the case this year. Um, Seeking might have to support. Like, all the players that have been on the bench that we've all seen glimmer of, like, of good play need to step up in the next couple of weeks if we're going to come out of this stretch uh, with a smile on our faces. And I want to uh, add that I, I agree with what you said. And Siki, uh, I think it's encouraging that he had that awesome pass to to uh, Jesus because that's what he's been missing. He's been missing. I mean, he's been able to to show that he can break down uh, people with the ball at his feet. But we haven't really seen him make that kind of pass consistently. So it's good for him to show that he has it in his arsenal. And that's something that we need to see more from him that would help alleviate, you know, give give a rest to, to the Jet or Paxton or, or wherever they want to play him. Yeah. It, I mean, and I like that Kamungo has been earning some minutes. He's been getting on the field. He's, made, he's had a goal, a crucial goal. I think there's some real um, – positives to his development so that if we have to start him in one of these matches this week which I uh, you know I mean of course there's a lot of depending on kind of what happens injury wise with these teams with players and everything but you know I think there's probably one of these games he gets his first start and that would be exciting now I would if, if we do that I would rather it be Wednesday night than than Saturday against Houston um, not that I'm saying Vancouver's a joke but I just think a little extra pressure in a rivalry match if you're getting your first start so well uh, you know. vancouver does play the low mid block you know that that is the achilles heel to fc dallas so regardless of what you think of vancouver they're always a danger to fc dallas yeah and actually okay. if you think about it if you think about it when you play the low block what you probably want is a player that can dribble more than a fast player and so that mm-hmm. kamungo is probably a better fit than Overeem, given the talent the, the difference in in how they play but we could see we could see another you know another tweak of the lineup um, and in fact and let's let's jump over to another clip from from Nico. I asked him about you know the high press against Austin, which worked really well. Uh, you know, can, can they keep doing that uh, against other uh, teams? And and uh, let's listen to his response. Well, I think uh, we'll see. We'll see. I hope so. I hope so. Um, you know, we try to do it uh, every game, but um, the opponents also have uh, different plans. And uh, I think in this game, uh, we found the, the right uh, shape to to in the right instruction to press them, and it helped us uh, because even even that we we uh, we press a lot to them. I think we recover the the ball very quick, and then this helped us to also control the game. Um, in other games, you know, sometimes it's difficult to win the ball, and this is what makes uh, more exhausted uh, for the players, and the players can get tired. Uh, our purpose is always to try to recover the ball um, as high as possible and as early as possible, and uh, we'll see if we can sustain that throughout the, these games and, uh, and uh, if we have to make some adjustments. And also sometimes, um, uh, for example, against RSL, we're looking for more uh, to have a preventive shape because we knew that they they want to look for certain things and then from there uh, build our attacks. 
and I think he worked very well in the first half. In the second half, we didn't do a good job on that. And then we have to find ways to 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 be aggressive and also in her opponents and also uh, not to be that aggressive and and uh, and uh, hurt the opponents. They, you know, uh, summer is coming and uh, the heat is a big factor also in in the possibility to do that. Um, and we know from last year it's difficult, and uh, this is why we're looking for other type of uh, shapes that help us to be um, uh, successful. We'll, uh, we'll have an. So uh, continue to look for other kind of shapes to be successful, uh, you know, and I think uh, uh, I appreciated his, his response there because it is when the high press works, uh, it is so destructive in soccer. I mean, it just it can just unravel opponents in minutes, but it, it demands a lot from these players. And when you're when you're in a run of games like this and you're, you're missing out some guys, it's just hard to, to maintain that. So it's it was cool that it worked against Austin. Uh, we'll see. We'll see whether it works or what they're going to have to try to do to figure out how to, to unlock Vancouver on Wednesday night. Um, and that's another thing Nico said today was that they're going to take it one game at a time so they're not looking ahead to Houston. They're going to focus on, on, on beating Vancouver at home first, which good, good. And I think what he was referring to as far as his effectiveness is, is you know, when you're going to employ a high press, you got certain triggers that, that – that trigger that high press but just because the players are aware of the triggers doesn't mean they all react as as or, or recognize those triggers as quickly as they should and against Austin they did you know that's it's a team thing and the whole team needs to react simultaneously to take advantage and seeing the team uh, be effective against Austin that's a good sign that's a, it's a good sign that, that the teams get on the same page and hopefully it's a good sign that you know, like I said, you don't have to high press all the time, but if you if you high press on the triggers, I think this team is they're showing that they're getting it, that they're getting it, and that's that's a good sign. That's I think honestly that's what's been missing, uh, not not the only thing that's been missing, but it's been a big part that has been missing from this team is is the ability to force teams to turn the ball over and head them on the counter quickly after those turnovers. And we and yes, it's I'm hopeful that we will see more of that. Yeah, and I think that when it, when it comes to high press, I don't think the expectation can be that those triggers are always, um, that the players always react to those triggers because to be able to do that 34, 34 games in is only something that like New York Red Bulls can do. And like that it could, they could only do that for one season before it became something that was inconsistent. Playing a game in high press is something that is reactionary, and I think that it's very important when it comes to important games like rivalry games, right? And I think it's encouraging to see the players react to those triggers against Austin. And depending on how Houston comes out on Saturday, I think, which mm -hmm. is like th that game's going to be very difficult considering Houston's coming from Minnesota. It's going to be, again, a heated rivalry. Both teams are around the same place in the table. Houston a little bit lower there. They're going to get Hector Herrera back. Like, that's another game where you want to see the players react to the triggers. Um, but I don't think the expectation can be that there's high press in every game. And I think that's one, something that Nico was alluding to as well. Because, again, that's just not not realistic um, in a season where we're going to have 
the League's Cup, we have Open Cup, all of these, like this influx of games, that can't be the expectation. But when it comes to important games like this, when the players do react um, properly to those kinds of opportunities, it's very encouraging. Well, good stuff. Um, before we come back to this week of action, let's um, talk about North Texas for, for a few minutes at least. And, uh, you know, shout out to Coach uh, Cano and, and that squad. They went up to San Jose and uh, played the Quakes too and came away with a really vital road point. They did lose the penalty shootout following it, so didn't get the extra point. But uh, a pretty gutsy performance over, overall and a sign that I think this team, this young team, continues to – keep working to figure things out and, and, you know, build upon their results. Um, I just, I have to keep raving about their phenom goalkeeper who uh, I hope that there's conversations going on about signing this kid to a North Texas deal at the very least. Uh, although he has all the time in the world, but that's Julian Eyestone, uh tall 17 uh, year old keeper, 16 year old, 17 year old keeper. And he's just playing so well, playing so calm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and so while uh, Antonio Carrera is out with the U-20 World Cup, congratulations to him. Um, it's, it's, it's great to see Julian step in there and really just lead that back and help organize that squad. And, and I just really enjoy watching him play. Um, Jose, your thoughts on him? What, what you think he's uh, – uh, you know, FC Dallas need to be thinking sooner rather than later about tying him up to some kind of deal. Absolutely. I mean, it, he's at that age where it's just a matter of time before before teams, you know, um, from Europe and whatnot start eyeing him up. They probably already are. Um, he, and, you know, he's at that age where you, you want to lock him up. But, you know, does he want to be locked up, you know? Um, preferably some kind of hybrid deal would be what you want to offer him. You know, you can't, you're not going to have four goalkeepers on your senior roster, but right. I mean, and we don't want to see that. And, and, but you know, is he willing to take a North Texas deal? That's the big question. Cause that's all they can really offer him this year is a kind of hybrid deal. And we've seen this before. We've seen players who say, Hey, you know, I'd rather just take my chances elsewhere and he's getting to that age where we have to start getting worried that hey if you don't, they don't sign him soon we that window may have passed already so we'll see i mean he's he's doing great and we'll i would hope that we'll we'll see a lot of him but i think you're going to see rotation between him and the and the third keeper um and i mean when you look at the current stock of goalkeepers that we have um the age that you really have to be concerned with with Eyestone is that he turns 18 next April. That's when, like, being able to go to Europe becomes more and more of a possibility and, like, visas mm -hmm. become less of a problem and all of that. And I think that it's encouraging, at least when it comes to the other goalkeeper in question, Antonio Carrera, who's, also, who's at the U-20s, that he's 19 at this point and the club has somehow been able to convince him to stay. Right, and I think that that's positive, like hope that we're going to be able to keep Eyestone. I don't think he'll be he'll take a North Texas deal that runs until he's twenty. That's probably very unlikely. Uh, but another thing to consider is that 
uh, Jimmy Maurer is getting up there, right? And if the team is convinced in both Carrera and Eystone's abilities as, like, second or third keeper, <coughs> that is possible at the end of the season, right? Like, I, it's not 100% guaranteed that Jimmy leaves in December, but it's something probably that the club is looking at considering now Carrera is going to be at the U-20s with a lot of eyes on him. Eystone's performing week in and week out. And so it's just, again, this is when... Zenoda's ability to make a roster comes into play. How he's going to be able to balance keeping talents, selling them at a profit, and seeing what the coach needs. And hopefully um, both players are here next year. Uh, but again, it's just, it's like like Nathan was saying, it's something to be looking at just based on Stone's performances and Carrera being able to get called up this is going to be a very interesting turning point in yeah. December on how on what these keepers do for their future. Yeah, I agree. It's... And and I mean, not to not to disagree with you. I mean, I think December's correct, but you you can't having a guy like Jimmy um, could be also a tradable asset if you're 100 percent sure that Carrera is ready to make a step up. I mean, it's all depending on how they think, you know, uh, Carrera and Eystone are doing. But, I mean, Jimmy, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of his. But having that kind of player, I mean, that's that's a – I'm sure there's other teams in the league that would not mind having that kind of backup, especially if their if they're, uh, goal, starting goalkeepers are banged up and whatnot. So I, I think he's someone that I wouldn't be shocked if, if, if there's a trade in the near future for him. Although I, I guess I do agree that December is the most likely time when we'll find out. Do y'all think that um, going into 2024, if it's possible to have Haas, Kerr, and Eystone, that's a good goalkeeper core going into 2024? Like that will be something that's something that's like buildable. Hmm. I think it's, so. I think it yeah, is. And, question, but... and then let's not forget that. If that was the case, if you have those three, one of the two younger guys would probably be looking at alone. You wouldn't; ha- they wouldn't necessarily all have to be on on the uh, FC Dallas roster. Yeah, the, and and the other wild card in all this is, is that Paz himself um, has been playing out of his mind, and you know he is a European. Uh, you know, has, he has his passport. You know, he's he's a. <laughs> He could easily go back to Europe with the right bid, and uh, it would be tough because he has been just uh, just one of the stars of the season. It's just so steady back there. In fact, let's uh, let's jump over to his save. Here's his save. Oh yeah, good stuff. Good stuff from, from Martin. So yeah, I, there's just a lot of scenarios, there, ways this could go, and Jimmy's certainly part of that. Of uh, you know what he decides to do with well, his career. And I mean, in, in the off chance that that a bid comes in for Paz, then Jimmy's value then skyrockets for this team because I, I'm certain that that Nico would rather have a veteran uh, goalkeeper. Than, than a young goalkeeper as his number one, so or at least on the roster, just as like backup. Yeah. If, you, if Guerrero yeah. would win the job, 
you you would want someone like as consistent and as mature as Jimmy on that roster. And and I'm just saying that also that highlights his value, not just you know to this yeah. team, but to any team that wants him. He, he's he's a he's the kind. It's nice to know that you have a guy like that as your number two guy, and and a guy that can step in as a number one if needed. Well, and the, the question for me is at what point um, – I'm going to try to pull the stats up real quick. Uh, at what point is – what is career or not a just a young keeper anymore? But uh, let me see. I'm trying to see how many how many games he's been in, but it is, uh, this website doesn't have his North Texas appearances. Uh, because the, the guy has now logged you know, about three seasons of uh, of minutes uh, – Sure, sure doesn't have. It's not very helpful. Yeah, but I think I think we want to see him at least get some cup games or something like that. You know, I, I don't. You know, that's that's the next step. I mean, League's Cup would be a perfect opportunity to give him minutes. If you depending on you know, but would you start Carrera if you're taking the that term seriously? No, you wouldn't. But I'm just saying, I like to see him get some you know MLS matches under his belt. Because sure. I mean, it, it's sure. it, at the end of the day, it, MLS it's it's faster, and there's a lot more shenanigans going on in the box than, than you see that you're gonna deal with in North Texas. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm having trouble pulling up his stats because it seems like he should have had you know close to 30 uh, you know starts at least at this point, which is uh, it's just good, which is good. But you're right, it's a, it's a different transition to uh, MLS from MLS Next Pro, and so. Uh, but even these minutes with U20, hopefully he can win the job there and get some minutes. But okay, so that's good. We, you know, we're hopeful that North Texas will continue to build upon that. But let's return back to FC Dallas as we close out the show. Uh, two matches at home. At least that's a little relief that we don't. Have to, they don't have to deal with that travel on top of a congested schedule. Get a little chance to rest. They're going to have to juggle some players. They're going to have to be creative. This week, I mean, credit to Jesus Ferreira, who has just been logging minutes. I just, I hope we don't run him into the ground, but he seems to be very fit. He seems to be one of the fittest players on the team and, and uh, is able to recover and able to play. And that's a, that's a big time credit to him. So let's talk about this week. Um, you know, uh, what do we want to do? We want to do predictions. What do we, we want to. I think it's interesting looking at both of these games. They're, again, like I was mentioning before, like the majority of the games coming up, both of these games are extremely winnable. Vancouver just played in Portland um, on Saturday and now are going down to Dallas uh, in the summer heat. And then Houston are going to be playing in Minnesota midweek without Hector and then coming down to Dallas, right? Both games are, again, winnable. And I think that when looking at the Vancouver game, this team is one that's been super consistent. Uh, and this last game kind of just screeched it to a halt. Like, they've been like on a good run of form. They got them like up, up in the table. And then they lost to Portland. And like that would be like a gut punch. And I think that when it comes to this next game, when we were last in Vancouver, they played low block stifling everything, not letting anything through. We know that's the Achilles heel of this team. So the way to win this game is how they approach it. Can't really be 
the possession game. I don't know. Like, it could be the high press. Um, so, again, it, it depends on how this team goes into it and whether or not they have the game plan like set in stone and are able to break down Vancouver. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and make my prediction for both matches and say that they're going to win both matches by the score of 1-0. to zero. Okay. And, and, and that's based on my highly scientific research that shows Dallas with five wins, three draws, three losses, and a goal differential of two. So very consistent. Um, I'll, I'll take a 1-0 win against uh, Vancouver and a 1-0 win against Houston. I'll say 0-0 zero, zero against Vancouver, and then Houston is going to be a bloody game. Four to two. Give me some fireworks. Wow. Okay. I like it. I like it. Did you see what Edgar Herrera just did last game? Like, the, like uh, their new DP got a red card 18 minutes in for, like, putting cleats up on Ladero's shin. Like, it's going to be a bloody game. It's going to be very intense. Yeah. It's, it's going to be cheap as all hell. That's for sure. Does Houston play midweek? They do against Minnesota. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah, and I think and I think so I think both teams will be tired and 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 so I think it's going to be a very chippy game. I think it's going to be some. I mean, it's going to be some yellows flying, out unless unless the refs let them play, in which case it'll be a drag down beat down kind of game. Good stuff. Well, I'm going to go with a. Uh, I, I think I, I think a one nothing victory against Vancouver. I like that prediction. But I'll go with a two one against Houston. Although, and I agree, it's going to be Houston's going to look for that point. They're going to claw their way back in or get an early goal and just be happy with a point. And uh, and so we're going to have to push hard for a go ahead goal. And it may come from an unlikely source. And so um, I hope. I, I don't know. That sounds really cryptic when I say it like that, but. Uh, I, I hope it's going to come from someone new, a fresh face that gets their first minutes uh, Major League Soccer or something like that. So it could be could be fun. Maybe like a Nolan Norris. Well, I guess he's had some minutes already, but you know, someone like that comes in off the bench and gets the game winner. It would be exciting. Also worth, also worth noting, this game against Houston is the first one in Copa Tejas because last week this is last weekend did not count. Yeah. So imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> lucky Austin all right well good well let's leave it there thank you Jose thank you Ishmael Um, thank you for having me it was a good week we missed last week uh, but it wasn't you know that abandoned match will be made up on an upcoming Wednesday so again talk about congestion Uh, will be kind of a weird one but um, this was kind of a strange week not a lot to talk about in some ways but in that open cup match was such a downer but hey We're in in renewed spirits, and we have a lot of action, a lot of soccer action to enjoy this week. So, great. So, thanks, everybody, for listening in, for watching. We did have an issue with our comments. I couldn't see if there were comments that were coming up, but uh, let's go see Dallas. I think the Dallas Stars are playing right now. Um, So, a lot of action to enjoy this week. Please like, subscribe, share, whatever it is you like to do. It's cool with us. All right. Good night, everybody. Good Good night. night.